anyone who's in marketing, go spend some time with people in sales, in CS, in ops, and understand their challenges, understand how they're doing their business. Because when that alignment occurs and the understanding, when you cross that chasm of understanding, you're going to be better at your own job. Welcome to the Marketing Moguls Podcast, where we talk to the big shots, the heavy hitters, the cream of the crop in the world of marketing. This is a show where we sit down with the most brilliant minds in the industry, we pick their brains to find out what makes them tick, what makes them successful, and sometimes what makes them want to pull their hair out. Each episode, we'll be talking to top executives, entrepreneurs, even influencers who have made their mark in the marketing world, and we'll be asking them tough questions like, what's the best way to increase conversions? Or how do you come up with a killer ad campaign? Or why do marketers always wear black? But let's be real, we're not just here to talk shop, we're also here to have some fun. So we'll be discussing some of the latest trends. We're going to be sharing some hilarious marketing fails and maybe even trying to convince our guests to let us in on their secret to creating the perfect meme. So whether you're a marketer, a business owner, or just someone who's fascinated by the world of marketing, this podcast is for you. Sit back, grab your favorite drink, and join us as we dive into the minds of the marketing moguls that are shaping the industry today. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Marketing Moguls Podcast. We've got a really good guest here today. I'm with Judd Borakov. He's the Chief Growth and Community Officer over at GoToMarket Partners. Welcome, Judd. Great. Thanks Thanks so much for having me. Of course. Before we get started, if you don't mind, just can you introduce yourself to, to me and to the audience and just give us a little bit of background about who you are and how you got to where you are and everything like that? Sure. Easiest way to put it, I've sat in most C-suite roles over my years of working with a lot of different companies at different stages knew that go to market really needed to change in general this is the age old like marketing and sales don't get along to how do we make this better and came together with some really cool people uh, anyone who knows let's say terminus or even pardot the ex-CMO and then founder Sangram is a business partner of mine. And then Brian Brown, who was at Silver Pop, IBM and chief strategy officer there for a number of years also came together realizing just there's change that needs to happen. And that's how we came together to try to educate companies on improving their go-to-market. Gotcha. That's awesome. What would you say right off the bat, just getting into it, what do you think people are missing most in their go-to-market strategy? Is there something that tends to stand out that most people are missing or is it a wide range of different things? There's always different things, but I would say the number one thing that generally is the most challenging is what we call clarity alignment and team. We have a framework for it called CAT, clarity alignment team. And it's literally the clarity by the leadership to understand the problem they're facing, the alignment on how they want to go about solving it, and then the dissemination of information down to the lowest person on the totem pole. So they understand how their job actually helps to solve these business objectives, which unifies the organization. That clarity and that communication and those things make such a massive difference. And when they're out of alignment, a lot of times you have marketing working on, let's say, KPIs that don't align with what sales is trying to do. When CS is getting stuff because sales is doing one thing, and then maybe CS is, wait, I don't understand when I even sell the right person. And so many other things that can easily break within a go-to-market strategy. So that is probably the number one, is that if you can find the right cadences and communication patterns within your organization, you're much more likely to succeed. Gotcha. And I was thinking about it. Maybe we should actually just take a step back for a second and define, could you define for us what go-to-market is for everybody in the audience that might not be really familiar with that term? Absolutely. So most people, when they hear go-to-market, they're going to think either a sales motion or like truly taking a product to market as a one-off. We define it as everything revenue for your organization. That starts with who are we going after, your ICP and what we call your total relevant market to where do we focus our efforts, our time, our money, our market investment map of like, how do I get people to understand 
this is the right product for the right group that gives us the best effect down to your brand, POV, your messaging, to your sales acceleration, your pipeline velocity, into your time to value, to your expansion, to your rev option, to your leadership and management. And all those pieces really fall into what go-to-market is. And if so it's not a singular instance. It's something that is constantly evolving as your business grows, as market forces change. So we are go-to-market. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So there's a lot of different parts that make up it as a whole. I got you. And then in terms of more of like marketing specific, let's talk about go-to-market partners. How do you get yourselves in front of potential clients? Like how do you market what you all offer? So when we first started, we took a really interesting approach. Obviously, events are a big thing for a lot of orgs. Actually took more of an event-led go-to-market motion, saying that we're going to use events in different areas to actually drive the entire process. So how do we identify people we, and get them to the event, educate them there, use that for a different type of event where we get them with our analysts so that they can literally see the value they can get. And then even once we have a customer using events to drive more value, look for ROI quickly and expansion. So for us, it was really an event-led approach, but also obviously education. Thought leadership is a little bit easier when you're coming as a third-party analyst firm, which is what we are. So for us, that that's a lot of it. It's always evolving though, right? We definitely are not an outbound shop. So we're not running like direct ABM, but I would say ABM light in that we are we look at accounts and then opportunities within accounts is kind of approach everything. Gotcha. Okay. So when you speak about not being outbound centric, do you all do things like calling, emailing, things like that? Or how do you center? Or do you just try to focus on other factors or? we be, Because we're educating, one, we already have presence. People who know about us, we have people literally referring us. Our target audience, our ICP, really creates virality because if you're an executive, a lot of times you're only talking to other executives. Network is exact. You have a, you create something great for them. They're talking about it. They're bringing other people to our events. They're getting educated together. So it really creates a viral kind of you know just cold call or cold email. It can work for sure. I see it work all the time. But because of where we are and how what we are, this type of motion works a little bit more. So we create a bit of an inbound approach. Mm-hmm. This the educational piece creates inbound, and then we take them through the journey from there. And do you all utilize things like SEO or like specific kind of ways that you're positioning this educational content, maybe on like your web pages or things like that, or uh, to drive that traffic? Or do you all ever use uh, like maybe some sort of like landing page optimization or any sort of driving traffic through that way to your educational content? Sometimes we have a really strong social like basically platform to speak from. My founders and myself have brands, so we use it. We drive that into, we'll use different tools, of course. We want to understand who's coming and what they're looking at so that we can create a better experience from them. So we'll have a hub that does that as well. So think content optimization, more of that ABM-ish, account-ish approach for sure. But primarily, it's working through a system, our sales motion that we've created. So it's getting the education Get, helping them to understand what we do, how we do it, getting them into the calls, keep the education and that that overarching focus on them as they go through. We have, think of a lever as if I get you to my event, I know I have a 70% chance of closing you as a new customer. So things like that. And we look to optimize throughout that. That's awesome. Wow. Hey there, we want to take a quick second to thank our sponsors of this episode, Tier 11. Do you ever sit at your computer wondering why you're spending so much money on advertisement for your business that drives little to no revenue? 
Does the idea of another month with low engagement make you want to pull your hair out? Well, you're in luck, because the team of professionals over at Tier 11 can handle these issues in no time flat and make you forget all about your nightmare ad experience. Tier 11 is an advertising agency that manages over $100 million in annual ad spend and has more than 15 years of advertising experience. So it's pretty safe to say they know their stuff. Stop wasting your time and your budget on advertising that doesn't work and trust the professionals instead. Head over to www.tier11.com today and chat with a team member to learn more about how they can help you get more customers and increase their lifetime value. That's T-I-E-R-E-L-E-V-E-N.com. Now back to the podcast. It sounds like events are working really well. Yep. Could you give us a little insight into something maybe that you all have tried that haven't worked very well or hasn't in the past worked all super well for you all? That's a good question. We've been really fortunate. We found something and kind of doubled down on it immediately and have grown with it. We're in the midst of always testing though. Mm-hmm. We're testing different things as direct outreach on LinkedIn. Yep. Sometimes that works. We tried that to get to calls. We found that was not really helpful, but getting them to an educational event where others had already said, hey, I was here, beautifully. So there's also some little nuance shifts that we find, even if it it doesn't work one way, doesn't mean it doesn't work, period. And that is one thing that I've learned over many years to not just shoot it down because it didn't work the first iteration. I find this a lot with like ABM, right? They're like, oh, we tried ABM, it didn't work. And you're like, did you try this way? Or did you try this messaging? And that's the funny part because that's all go-to-market, right? We always say, you don't have a marketing problem, you have a go-to-market problem. Yeah. Because... What's broken? Maybe your conversion rates are off. Does that mean it's a marketing problem? I don't know. Let's look at it. Are you even targeting the right ICP? Is the product solving a specific problem for the user? Is your POV actually stand out or do you look like everybody else? So a lot of these things you need to address to really understand if something works properly or not. So it takes a little longer to really assess it, but I think you actually get better outcomes faster in the long run. Yeah. And it's also cool to hear that you're not just interested in kind of like giving up on something because I think you're totally right. We talked to a lot of different people in the audience here from a lot of people where it's, we tried X and it didn't work. So we're just going to move on past that. But I completely agree that sometimes if you just tweak it a little bit, maybe you'll find that it would work in a different scenario or with a different audience or something like that. So I like that you mentioned that. I wanted to ask you too, I know that you all have a lot of different initiatives going on right now and you've been talking about the events and everything like that. Could you give us some insight into maybe some of the like the biggest rocks that you have to move right now? Like some of the biggest things that you all are trying to push forward on? For us, a lot of our big focus is productization. So the pricing and packaging components of things, we're really more of a service-based organization. You have a product, it's easy, right? Hey, I've got tech. I can sell my tech. I know what my bells and whistles are and I know how to position. Because we're a services-based, a lot of our big focuses are truly productizing the way that we're able to help people and serve them. We have things like deliverables. We do ROI studies. If you think of the Forster's like TEI report, call it that on steroids, there's a little bit more to it. And all kinds of different from workshops to work sessions, to custom research, to all kinds of pieces. So bringing that together in a way that one, it's digestible and it fits for the different ICPs that we're really attracting. We break people down into, or you know, future customers down into vendors, meaning that they have a solution that fits into the go-to-market area, be it a sales loft or a sixth sense or many others. Or they're not, which means they're more of a member, which means that the offerings have to change depending on what it is that they need and what we have to offer them. So that's a big move for us right now, really just locking those down and making sure that we're fine-tuned for the people that are trying to buy. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. 
And I was going to ask too, because you you talked about ICPs a couple times, and I know we've spoken with people before in the past that sometimes there's a hard time defining what that is. For the people that are out there listening, do you have any advice on how to go about figuring out who that ideal customer is for them? Like, How do they go about figuring out that sort of somewhat murky water? We actually help people do that. But sure, I'm talking to you, of course. Of of course. First thing is, you've got to get a rough idea of, based on your product, who needs it? We actually run a whole thing. We call it a market investment map, which just says, look, I have these product sets and I've got these potential ICPs or types, personas, whatever you want to do. Which of these can use more of my services than others. So there's a great way to start looking at it. Is if now that's if you're a little bit of a more mature organization, you've already got products developed. If you're earlier, I'm gonna be dead honest. Everybody starts with a guess. It evolves. It's a lot of testing. It's looking at it. It's readdressing, and that's where these cadences of meetings and conversation around it make a huge amount of impact. But you may think that you've got the firmographics, technographics, all the data you need to really lock in on an ICP. And then you go out and try to sell it and you realize they don't have the problem. Yeah. So you need to be a little fluid early stage. I'd say generally you can get to a pretty solid ICP within your first year. A couple of years in, you should have at least the ICP for your primary product offering. Now, here's the funny part. Those definitions will change over time too, as all the market forces do. So when I hear people do this ICP, set it and forget it kind of thing, I know that they're going to run into a problem eventually. And it's part of the reasons that we see what we call your values of death. At every company at different stages, they run into these areas where what worked doesn't work anymore. And they have to adjust and rejigger everything to get it to work again. And really what generally happens is they change a ton of things. They may even change their entire go-to-market motion strategy to move past that. So we find the 10 to 20 million range is a huge place where there's a massive amount of fall off. And you can look at all the research, the vast majority of companies never even get to a million dollars, nevertheless, like 10 or 20. Yeah, definitely. And it's cool to hear that you're talking about consistently being able to adjust to things as time goes on, because definitely we've seen before that some people that are willing to adjust can adjust really quickly and they can really benefit from that. And some other people, it takes a little bit longer. I know it depends a lot on the product too, and the business, the service that you have and everything like that. But it's interesting to hear that insight. So we're running a little short on time, but I did want to ask you one more question before you go, which is that you've been able to navigate through this world of marketing, if you will, to get to where you are today at Go-To-Market Partners. If you were to be able to look back five, 10 years ago and give yourself some advice or potentially give someone who might be starting in your shoes that's listening today, what advice could you give about how you can steer your career path and how you can get into a place where you are? You work actually with a lot of executives on this very thing. So there's definitely some good points here. The biggest thing that I'll say, anyone who's in marketing, go spend some time with people in sales, in CS, in ops, and understand their challenges, understand how they're doing their business. Because when that alignment occurs and the understanding, when you cross that chasm of understanding, you're going to be better at your own job. Because as a marketer, who do we serve most of the time? Sales in some way, shape or form and CS. So if we understand where their challenges are, how they're messaging, what they may need, it only makes us that much better. Because then we're creating an alignment and a team environment than trying to be adversaries who say, I hit my targets, why didn't you hit yours? So I would say, if you can get in there, really understand it. And then number two would be make the CFO your best friend, because guess what? You need budget. And uh, when you can be a CFO whisperer, you will get what you need moving forward for a long time to come. That is really good advice. Definitely. Yes. Awesome. All right, Judd, that's all we have time for today, but I really appreciate you coming on the show and being a guest. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Marketing Moguls Podcast, and we will catch you in the next one. Bye, guys.